guys. I'm Brittany. I'm Maria. And welcome back to the Be More podcast. We're back. After I did it. I remembered how to do it. So, I know. So sorry to our listeners because we are not people who consistently do our podcasting enough. But it's like the same thing with there are so many things that all of a sudden technology wise require our constant attention Mm -hmm. and I just don't want to give in to that (laughs) you know what I mean I know I have always always been like that but like I don't part of me is like oh well you have to record a new podcast for people every week have to and part of me wants to be like no I don't want you don't have to you know and I like part of me I guess the the guilt part of me feels bad that we don't give people new episodes every week but I mean in a real and just to like pull back the curtain and kind of like pop anyone's bubble on the magic of podcasts like most podcasts do like nine recordings in a week and then don't see each other for forever but like yeah when we do it weekly we like keep you up to date on things and like you you get to see us and but sometimes life gets in the way yeah we flip it around in like two days after recording so it's like the most recent news if you will. right like and you're yeah. keeping up with us and sometimes we can't even keep up with ourselves to be able to do a podcast episode during the week so we take some time and then we get back to it when we get exactly and like otherwise you know, shit happens I, yeah and otherwise i feel like we'd just be giving you really crappy episodes because neither one neither of us would be a like prepared or be actively like engaged in what we're doing so it'd just be a crappy episode so instead of right. giving you crap we just make you wait for the good stuff <laughs> quality over quantity amen even though we have a bunch so if you haven't listened to all of them there is yeah a go bunch back of episodes we have anyway. a ton of other episodes for you to listen to yeah. i yeah. was just talking to uh i don't know if you've caught on to this but i feel like both of us are it doesn't really happen with us because we spend enough time like talking to each other that we usually have like very short like our texts are like this that this that like very, very like, to, the point. to the point yeah, 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 yeah. move on but i was talking to you I have very few people in my life that I like actually have texting conversations with because I don't do that. And I was talking to my friend, Sam. She's one of the people that like I constantly will randomly text Mm -hmm. and we were talking and then like we stopped talking and then like the next day, like carried on the conversation. And she, she had said, the next day like sorry I didn't get back to you and I was like please don't apologize like please just like a statement <laughs> to anybody who listens to this who knows me like please don't apologize if I don't like if you don't text me back right away I don't understand why the world thought like let's take these super social beings who only socially function on like the whole concept of like we don't we don't use social permeance like we don't if out of sight out of mind is the way that we think socially right but like we thought let's put these tiny little blocks in our hands that means that you always have to be in instant communication you have to respond immediately to phone calls and text messages and you should always be doing that all day long i, I don't it burns you out you can't you can't unsubscribe unsubscribe <laughs> dislike so thumbs down so like if you are anybody who's ever and i'm always the first person especially when I'm having a day if I see that I have a text from you and it's more than three sentences long I don't read it and I don't respond to you until days later (laughs) and that's just the way that it works and if it's something super important call me text me that you're calling me that you need to talk to me right now and then I will absolutely answer the phone yes and so I agree it was I don't it's like ingrained in our society that it's like instant communication like instant response instant whatever so like this is a new thing for me where I'm like if I am having a day which I've been having a day for the past week I will literally turn off all notifications besides like calls obviously and like that just like part of me is still anxious because I'm like still checking to make sure I'm not missing anything but other part of me is like no one's texting me not that I get, not that I get a lot of texts to begin with in the three the day, but I that come through. I'm like, I have it's like out of sight, out of mind. So this is the bad, one of the many unfortunate parts of living with anxiety, okay. and I've been very. Mm-hmm. I think I've kind of had a breakthrough in understanding my anxiety as a person because I've been talking about it a lot because I've been experiencing it a lot. And it's been very helpful to be able to break things down. But 
Mm -hmm. It's even harder to have the worst thing that you could do as a person with anxiety is have access to constant communication all the time. It's God fucking awful. Don't do it (laughs) to yourself, people. Because then you think, so here's me, right? I've only recently started to put my phone in sleep mode at night because I put my watch in sleep mode at night and I didn't even realize at first that it does it to my phone. Like if I do it to my (laughs) watch, it immediately does it to my phone. I never, like it took me a month to realize that. And when I, when I thought that I was just doing it on my watch, because I thought that it was just like stopping my watch, the way that my watch from functions, vibrating or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought it would just stop my watch from like the lights turning on or anything. Like it just kept my watch dark essentially. Yeah. But once I realized that it does it to my phone, I started to get really anxious about like the, what if someone, what if something happens? What if someone needs to get in contact with me? And I like, don't part of that is because that's happened before is I used to turn my phone off completely. Yeah. We've had this and, conversation. Cause I can't, yeah. cause I can't give myself the option. Cause then this starts to happen. Mm-hmm. But I started to realize like how to change settings so that only like certain people can get contact. Yeah. I do that too. Mode. Yeah. I do that too. But the amount of anxiety that comes from my phone is on. So like people should be able to contact me but I'm putting it on sleep mode so they can't is a whole lot of a million feelings that usually end with like guilt and shame about doing that. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I have to rationalize and thank God we have history because I rationalize it with, well, what did people used to do before we had cell phones? Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Like what did people used to do with a landline or like drive over or or, like contact someone else? Right. Or just like deal with it yourself. And that too. True. I, I need to do more of that, establishing that as like the first rule of thumb in my life anyway. But it, it really is like the mar the modern marvel of having access to other people only on our own convenient terms. So I just, I don't understand. It gets so toxic because people expect instant um, message. Like we also grew up with instant messenger. (laughs) Like that's also a thing that we- But I also feel like the difference with that and texting is like, we knew what, we knew what I am meant. And we knew that if somebody put, somebody put like, right. If somebody, (laughs) but also like you could have like an active status that says that you were available or not. Yeah. But through text, you can't. And like, you knew like that person's yeah. not actually here. That person's online with texting. It's just assumed that you're online all the time, unless you use like WhatsApp. Right. And you can like yes. put your statuses away, but I doubt people yeah. actually check that before they no. send messages to you. But texting is texting is just a faster version of email. So people just assume that you're looking at your phone, that you're on your phone. Even you're email people respond your life. instantly, you know, like they, they expect to, or not they expect, but they they also have that feeling of like, oh, I got an email. I have to answer it now. And I'm like, no, I don't have to. And that's also a thing professionally where I'm like, I can close out of my email if I need to focus on something. My email, like yep. if something has to blow up, someone's going to call me like and be that, like, check your email. I'm really trying to slow myself down more to, I have a colleague who always says like, if someone's not dying, it's not an emergency and it doesn't need your attention. And I'm trying. 100%. So, yeah, I just. It's, like, it's, it's hard okay. to slow down. Yeah. It's it okay is. if you want to unsubscribe to the, like, instant texting thing. And and going back to, like, and going back to, like, um, you know, uh, you, uh, Sam apologizing or you apologize, whoever apologized, like, about, like, delaying their response. Like, it's not. You don't have to apologize. Like, no one had, like, sometimes I get those. Because the main person that I text is Ashley, obviously. Right, yeah. We've gotten into the habit, and I guess this is just communication with people that you t- frequently text or communicate with, is literally more communication. Is like, I tell her, I'm like, my phone is on silent, or like, on do not disturb when I'm sleeping. So, And she wakes up earlier than me, so sometimes she's like, I'm so sorry if this wakes you up. I'm like, no, because I literally don't get notifications. Oh. So now she's like, free to text me at like, yeah, just whenever. Like whenever I feel like it, answer me back whenever. And it's just so freeing. It is because then I'm like, and then it's like, my phone is on. 
do not disturb again during working hours so like from like 10 to 7 so it's like i don't get notifications so like people are free to text me but calls will come through so i'm just like well i need to focus and, and that's that, genius i really yes. have to start doing that it's so hard when dude. I'm working <laughs> it's so hard because i again as an anxious person a highly like functional anxious person i'm like checking my phone anyway and you want to know what our phones are I, and I'm intrusive only, well no 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 well yes but guys this is not what we planned on talking about today we no, promise but, we will get yeah, there well, but it actually kind of fits in um yeah our phones are so much smarter than us like i only um this is because in terms of being in contact with technology i think i'm whatever's worse than a boomer because i'm definitely not a millennial <laughs> um i only just learned not too long ago that my phone like updated and has all of these modes on it now so like yeah, aside from just really, modes, yeah, you know what i just really thought of yeah i just thought of your so i was thinking but no i was thinking about what right i was thinking about what you just said right so yeah, dude I can, my, what you just said about putting your phone on silent for when you're working, I said, I was thinking to myself, like, I should do that. But a lot of the times, this is, this is going to be the super annoying for anybody else. But for me, I got to get through it. And maybe it'll help some other lone, like, <laughs> yeah. lone technology, not savvy person. If I set it up for my work hours, and I only put the people that I work with who I need to communicate with, because we communicate via text, if we need stuff during the day, Correct. Yeah. then I don't have to worry about life being annoying. Yes, dude. And I literally, why just don't I do that? It's like, I do that right now. Do it right now. Because it's really like, I literally just have my parents, my sisters, and Ashley on, like, if, if they need to call or text me, it will come through. And, like... Right, that's what I have for sleep mode. Which is... And, like, the text app that we use isn't, like, the Messenger app. We actually have, like, a separate app. So, I don't even feed... Like, if it's really important, like, they know, like, that's, like, I'm on Do Not Disturb, and they can call me. Otherwise, I get, like, no text, which is You're fucking great. You're a genius. So. everyone needs to do this for every part and the creepier thing that i won't do because i don't trust technology that much if you're somebody who has an iphone and you can do it or you're somebody who leaves your location on all the time which is something i refuse to do um even uh, though i know they're getting it anyway but i refuse to give into that part you can literally set the any of the modes to be based on your location it just does it automatically i don't like that that That's i don't like wild i don't me. like that i'm not because... gonna do that i'm gonna do no, it on no, no, time no, no. no i do it by based on time and because date, then after a like while day. They're going to, like, you. catch the patterns of the places that you go, and then you're going to start seeing, well, they like, advertisements for things yeah, that are related to, I don't like that idea at all. Well, um, if they catch it already, because when I plug in my phone for GPS or whatever, they're like, oh, are you going here? Because it's, like, patterned of, like, every Tuesday night, I go to XYZ, you know, or, like, every Monday. I'm like, so gross. that's gross. But oh, no, man. Um, I thought you were going to say, like, location as, like, people have your location just in case something happens, because I have that. Oh. Like you can send my it sisters. out the pin or whatever. Not even because iPhone, I don't know. Android, I'm sure, does this. But iPhone is like has that Find My app, which is basically like you have your friends or family's locations. And sometimes I send it to people. Like I sent it to like friends where I'm like, I'm going on a date with this guy. If I fucking go missing, here's my location. I'll just, they'll just have it. So That's it's like, too. so I have that. That's also like a, just a precaution because like people are crazy. So like maybe have someone have your location. <laughs> that's a, that's an advice that I have. So perfect segue moment. Okay. After our, this is our little this is our how, is that how, the segue. This is our no no, no I'm gonna make a segue. But oh. that was our that was our little like how to technology segment of dealing with people who from real real <laughs> words from people who deal with mental health about technology. Um, but or my segue, I was like, or if you don't want to send someone your location, I have sent people my calendar, which has my what I'm doing every day. I if you don't want the specific, you know what I'm saying? Think that I would cause someone else to suffer from a brain aneurysm if they you had to them? look at and decipher my schedule. I gave Ashley my calendar. I was like, I live alone. Y'all don't know what will happen to me if I'm like, you know. That's a great idea, though. Like, um, so another advice, though. So now Maria wouldn't have to worry. You ready for this? Maria would not have to worry about scary dates or people around her or sending her location to people that care about her if the world was filled with more good people. 
That's a great segue. <laughs> so segue. that's what we want to talk about today is being a good person. So I was having a very extensive conversation with Sam about how insanely frustrating it is to be a good person. And for so many reasons. So I, that's what we wanted to talk about more today. Um, but before we start, tell me how, like, give me some of your like descriptive words or experiences around good, being a good person or good people. Um, Calling back to just this conversation we just had, good people are ten- or have stereotypically been the people that are like always available. Have you noticed that? Where it's like, oh, you're always there for me. Like all this stuff, like no matter what. I'm like... <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> I mean, I've I've reverted to like time and place now. But like, you know, when you're young, you're like, oh, you're always there for me. Like, you're such a good person. Like, you're always whatever. Or like people just that are just like helpful and like will literally add a drop of hat, just like go you help just you like stuff. triggered me in so many ways. Oh, because as soon as you're like, let's talk about good people and what that means. And I'm like, this is because this is triggering. <laughs> so triggered. Um I think probably part of why I'm so triggered about it is because (laughs) I've been struggling with a lot of being the giver always that um in a lot of ways over the this is over the last month or so most of my life but extensively over the last month um with more awareness anyway and Mm -hmm. one of my very good friends we just had like a three hour conversation uh, of during my break. Mm. And I was telling them about the shit storm of my life right now. Um, And they made me laugh because they were, I was like, I don't know what I was literally just talking to our friend. If you guys remember our friend, Monica, shout out to Monica. I was just talking (laughs) to Monica about this too, because I feel like a lot of, a lot of people can, including Monica can probably relate to this. I had said to Ren, I don't know what paperwork I signed in blood as a child that I didn't realize I was signing off on that that yeah. allowed other people to drop so much of their crap at my feet. But I would like to like unsign that document yeah, now. Give me an amendment and- <laughs> work and sign be like, I'm done. And- Our contract has ended. And Ren's response, because I was like, I don't understand why. I don't understand why. And Ren's response to me was, well, you're an extremely understanding and open person. Who else is it going to go to? And I went, fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Literally, fuck. fuck. I'm I'm dealing with that right now. So No, I get that too. Because that's what I've I've dealt with for like ever. And I'm like, why did I put myself in this position? That's why we're friends. (laughs) I've, I've started to learn that a lot of the people that I have still in my circle are people who do that, you know? And it, one of the things that Ren and I spoke about too is that's one of the reasons why we've had, like they've lived all over the place. And one of the reasons why we've always had a friendship is because we do that for each other. Yeah, it's right? a mutual give and take. It's not like you're yeah. just giving. Like it's an actual relationship. You. Right? Yeah, that you're working so, on. So let's go back to this definition before I start to cry. So a, <laughs> the de- definition of a good person is, I can't believe there's a definition, number one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is like the it's like a definition online. There's a couple yeah, there's a couple different variations, but I really like the way that you define a good person. First, like the standard is by saying they're a human being, but there are other like words, descriptive words that are characteristics that you would equate to someone who you consider to be a good person. And I like this one from Gimblish that says they're kind, honest, moral, and virtuous. And then I see okay, others yeah. of like other qualities. Um, they have integrity. They have self-awareness. I can take a lot of people off that list just based on that. Um, they're <laughs> patient. They're emotionally intelligent. That one's interesting to me. Can take a lot of people off for that. Um, they have compassion. They're loyal. Yeah. You tag on all these like good characteristics and you're like yeah i can knock off people just based on one or two person yeah i just but here's what it's lacking and here's the thing that i again coming back to the thing that i struggle with so much of the time when you carry all of these other qualities you lack the ability to build boundaries (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, 100%. And then because people see you, and this is what Sam and I were starting to talk about, because people see you as a good person, they expect that in every situation, you're going to stay that good person who's kind and like moral and virtuous and like who's gentle and not aggressive because that's you being a good person. And mm-hmm. the frustration of the fact that that's not you don't slide into different situations in life and just always stay that way, right? Like, otherwise you get uh, yeah. completely depleted. Mm-hmm. Like, people will manipulate you and take advantage of you being a good person. And I listened to a, like, a little docu-series thing of a an interview with a family psychologist or a child psychiatrist, one of them, maybe two, maybe both of them. And the oh, child yeah. psychiatrist said that their best definition of a, like a good parent is someone who is kind yet mm-hmm. firm. So with boundaries. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think that if I, if I were to, and then I want to hear your thoughts, if I were to like adjust the definition of this one that said all of this stuff about all the characteristics uh, and stuff. Kind, honest, moral, and virtuous. I think a good human being is kind to themselves first, and then kind also kind to others. Who is honest with themselves first and is also kind to others mm-hmm. and is firm mm-hmm. in acting on and supporting their morals and virtues. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does, because that the definition to begin with doesn't include what you do to yourself it just seems like it's like an like a third like a second party is involved so it's like what you're doing to other people yeah right but most of the time kind good people that you know aren't good to themselves because they are good to you instead which is the unfortunate part which is what we're both like it's triggered by wearing the the irony of you wearing your hat right now is just no i forgot that we're that like this or like (laughs) we're wearing a hat that says be kind um also Brittany made me uh, which is good. I the lighting is different because my uh, my um depression light is on, so that's that's her being kind to me because I was not being a kind person to myself. If you want to tie this all back, <laughs> the most infuriating thing is once you get put into, and this is more of what Sam and I were talking about. Once you get put into the box of being a kind per like a good person, if someone lays their crap at you. Or, like, does anything not good towards you if you don't respond in the stereotypical way that a good person would? It's like, like that person. oh, yeah. my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, why are you being so mean? Oh, my gosh, you're rude. I can't tell you how many times. And there's a difference, right? And I'm learning, I've learned, like, between, like, the uh, being aggressive about it and just being, like, no. Straightforward, like, this is I'm right. being kind by telling you how, the truth. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between those two things, but the frustrating aspect of dealing with the response of other people because you're actually being a good person to yourself over being a good person to them all the time. It's so jarring for them because it's like you're just there to take their shit and like they leave like lighter while you're like dealing with okay what the fuck do i do with this information and then when you reverse it they're just like why are you like it's like so jarring but then it's like you have to do that for yourself because if not they're gonna walk all over you (laughs) and like they could be like the world right it's not even the Mm -hmm. not even like a specific person but yeah the world oh hard to undo that and that's it's one of the things that I'm struggling with in life right now. It's so hard to be an empathetic person who, mm-hmm. or the people that I care about in life, it's harder try when to it be is. that good person for them. Yeah, it's harder when you're closer to the person. It's yeah, harder. It's like truly just like the hardest thing because it's like having to known- navigate that when you're Forget like, okay, I, this doesn't, this isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. it's almost like a crime to yourself 
But the problem is that no one teaches you early enough about what the difference is. And I feel like on top of that, being a female makes it 10 times more difficult. Yeah, because we're supposed to be the nurturing, caring, right, whatever type. And the fact that an absolute stranger, I don't know you at all, I'm just going to be a good person to you in that moment because that feels right right yeah, like you yeah. know like if if someone's in help whatever but the people who i actually know and i kind of get to know i've started this instead of just giving people the benefit of the doubt i've kind of started having like you need to earn me going being a good person to you you know what i mean like aside from like the basic yeah, just being polite and like all the stuff like, like all, yeah, yeah, all yeah, those, yeah like but i've started to be like if you really want my time and attention like mm-hmm. you need to earn my time and att- like you need to earn that good stuff yeah because it doesn't i think i think we put ourselves in circles that like understand that thankfully like in terms of friends yeah now um now <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> now. true now um because they get it right like and also it's like I was just talking to my sister yesterday about this, Erin. I was just talking to her how, like, it's difficult for, because she's 25 now, <laughs> if that baffles your brain. What? <laughs> um, what? But she's really, like, we were just talking about how, like, it's difficult to keep up with people when you're older. Like, it's not like school anymore where it's like, yeah. oh, all my friends, whatever. And it's harder to keep those relationships because now that we're older and we hopefully know a bit more about life and like just people and relationships relationships in general that like you kind of have to put yourself in circles that you like you align with and like for me right like it's it's so much easier now that I again therapy also helps people (laughs) that you put your boundaries up and they reciprocate by saying oh Maria's not being a bitch she just like is taking care of herself finally but for the people that don't understand that, it's so much more difficult. <laughs> and it's like so jarring again for them because it's like, this... why are you being a bitch? I'm going to come back to you when you're not being a bitch. And I'm like, no, this is just, you have to earn my time and respect now because I have limited time. <laughs> this is exactly where I remember being a teenager and I remember Gosh. struggling. How do we survive? <laughs> I don't know. I remember... I understood this without understanding it, if that makes sense. Like, I acted on it without really knowing what I was acting on, which is why things got messy. But I remember being called a bitch was probably the second B word that I heard the most when people would talk to me, right? Like, if they weren't calling me Bernie, they were calling me a bitch. Which, unfortunately, was the truth. Like, not the truth that you're a bitch, but, like, also, like, me being your friend at the time I was like oh yeah yeah like, I am fully aware of annoying. that yeah but it what you just said about it is why right yeah it's yeah, because I didn't take anybody shit and I didn't make any space for anybody shit because at that point I was already so an- I had no idea that I was <laughs> taking on all of that crap and I was just so yeah jaded by the fact that I was always dealing with things and not taking care of myself, not knowing what it meant to take care of myself. So I was just like dealing with all of that frustration. And when I didn't want to deal with somebody's shit, like I was the first to tell them like, fuck off. <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with you. Don't look at me. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And, but I a hundred percent still aggressively. Yes. But with the tools that I had, I still stand by like what you said about being called a bitch because you're protecting yourself mm-hmm. or most of the times because it was like, protecting other people. I stand by the fact that I was a bitch and yeah, I still kind of stand by. Is it annoying? Because now that I understand like you calling me a bitch means that you have absolutely no respect for the fact that I'm trying to protect myself, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. being defensive because I'm trying to protect myself. Yeah. So like when people use that language now, it's just even more disrespectful, which is frustrating yeah. and annoying because you partially would expect people to have more emotional awareness to like, I'm obviously making decisions now and being more stern for a specific reason, mm-hmm. not in an aggressive way, but 
it's frustrating because that doesn't happen. A, that doesn't happen to men. And <laughs> B, it's like a simple tic-tac throw at, at just to try to write off the fact that this is a person that has feelings, right? Or is actually trying to boundary for themselves right like it's trying not to deal like this is a person who doesn't want to deal with my shit so they suck like that's which is not the automatic shouldn't be the automatic response but it is because everyone's so like everyone's so like within themselves like it's an individual like mindset where it's like if you're not helping me why the fuck am i even going to you type situation and like so um so again i have another podcast with ashley and like while we were on hiatus this whole there was a i have to send you this podcast from npr the code switch podcast they have um and this week or this month i don't know how many i guess a couple weeks ago now um they had a filipino psychology concept called uh this will tie in i think um called it's called in tagalog utang na loob in translation i feel like recently i feel like we might have we might have like off Go the ahead, cuff, but, okay, but like not like officially on here. Yeah, probably. Or or I've I've talked to you about it, like just like throughout whatever. But Possible. utang, utang is debt, and whether it's uh... oh, this is the thing that like, we were talking about with your parents, like what we were talking about with our parents, but yes. we didn't talk about it on here. Okay, yeah, talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> so utang is debt, which is, <laughs> or which could be monetary or emotional, just any type of debt. Now, loob, loob means inside, but in this context, it's like the debt of your inner self. So in English, it's like very harsh. <laughs> so, burn. Yeah. So, um, so this podcast, I obviously listened to it. The example, there's a woman and her parents. Her parents divorced way back when she was younger, younger, and like. They had a house in America. The dad went back to the Philippines. They were supposed to sell the house, but they didn't, which is fine, whatever. But if they did sell the house, like the dad would get half. That was the agreement. So haven't sold the house. The dad hasn't contacted um, his daughter. Daughter gets a call from in the Philippines saying like, I need that money for my half of the portion of the house. Give it to me. Give it to me. And they don't have it, obviously, because they still have the house. But instead of fighting and like, you know, fighting it and being like, no, here's that. She just just gave it to him because he shamed her into that was her utang to him, her her debt to him um, because she was a, a Filipino American. And without him going to America with her mom, she wouldn't be here. And so. <laughs> So obviously not a good person. I remember you telling me this story. But that's the kind of shit, right? (laughs) That's exactly it, right? If you, how dare you manipulate someone's emotional attachment to you and attach it to psychology. Like, but then, but then being so, so being, so being Filipino, right? Like we are of a collective mindset, right? So I'm trying to tie this back because it's like, it seems like a one-off story. There, there's a collective mindset in the Philippines where it's like you aren't a self-made anything. You're here because of your your community, your tribe, so it's or whatever. The opposite you... of the nationalism of America. Got it. Yes. So in America, right? So this is why, like, being like someone of a different culture, especially in like, an Eastern one, where it's like very community-based, when people get very like defensive as to why we're setting boundaries, it just seems natural to me to to like be like. Well, it was natural to me when I was a kid to to be the collective. So then obviously take care of everyone. Yeah. It was like over myself. But then when I flip it and obviously I'm Filipino. So when I deal with my Filipino, you know, counterparts, it's the complete opposite. Because then I'm taking the American stance of like, let me take care of myself first. Mm. Which is that like, so like even within like race and culture, like it's hard because it's like your one side is telling you one thing and your other side is telling you like, no, you should probably take care of yourself. I also wonder too, how much like the balance matters, right? Like it's one thing to be somebody who taps into the collective when everybody else in the collective has the same mindset of doing that. Right. Uh But it's another thing. It's another thing to encourage that mindset but the people above you take advantage of it. 
to get what they that's want. That's when it gets toxic as hell. And that's because... like that's literally the definition of being in anything that's toxic. And we mm-hmm. see those trends in cultures. We see those trends in religions. We see mm-hmm. those trends. You see those trends in like social settings. Like you see those trends everywhere. And that's the thing that I'm fed up with. And that's the thing that I. The only reason. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many days you use the B word uh, to describe me. I would stand by that because I am not the type of person who would ever try to manipulate somebody to get what I wanted from them. So if so, you know yeah. what I mean? Like uh-huh. that, that, that's a bitch to me. Like you're a dick. Like you are the worst type of person alive. So it's just, it's so the lack of, emotional understanding that we Mm -hmm. just have as human beings it's ironic and I feel like people don't want to especially in our country or just anywhere I don't I feel like people don't want to call out the fact that like they're actively hypocrites in the way that they manipulate people like I don't there's humans have gotten so good at doing that yeah that they don't know they're doing it though right and we're not we're not um here's here's like the boundarying that like what we're like literally like an entire industry like the marketing industry is built on the (laughs) manipulation the marketing industry call out all the marketing people but it's true right like it's not we say that it's a beneficial thing and like we we deem it as a whole industry that people get paid to do but marketing is literally about manipulating you to do something buy something buy something or do something yeah 100 percent. it just is (laughs) so um now just now i'm just bringing filipino psychology love (laughs) um there's uh i think from my understanding again like any full-fledged filipino can i've talked about this on my other podcast while we were doing a hiatus here like if you want to educate me more on the filipino psychology i'm not opposed to being called out because there was actually something on tiktok this past two weeks where this this girl who's a filipino american she's in the process of like um going back to her roots and figuring out her culture because she never grew up like with that knowledge and again i support that fully but she's she webinizing it now information she oh, no, she okay. gave she's giving the misinformation and saying like things that like certain words mean this but being filipino and knowing the culture more than her i'm just like you're that's not right like you're just saying things because you it's like the analogy I gave her actually was like was like it would it would be if I just all of a sudden started talking about fucking science because I'm in the process of learning. I like I don't know it yet. I'm just in the process but of learning. But that's what I'm saying, right? It's that's another manipulation. That's another it's manipulation. One thing, yeah. It's one thing for you to say, right? Like what I hear is you just said she's claiming that she's doing it for herself, but she's doing it then is, on TikTok to yes, get followers yeah, yeah. and likes and And just like, oh, this is what I learned, but like okay like it's not right and we're just calling um, you out because it's not right i don't know i'm like on one right now because like this light is on can't we just do things without having to oh, that's a whole post it on the internet like yeah, that's i whole, write it write it in your journal get a I diary am a, i am a really big believer in setting boundaries <laughs> well no well i'm a really big believer in shared knowledge i'm so i think that's super important and i think that the more that people tell their truth and talk about their experiences the better off we will all be at being able to actually accept other people right it's correct information but and that but that's the difference it's one thing to tell the story from the this is my experience with it it's another thing to tell the story of this is the fact preaching. of life of right preaching yeah it's two and, different things i mean we like listener hopefully you know that i'm, I'm pretty sure that maria and i have been very open and honest there's about a disclaimer every on everything that we do yeah, like, like these are our experiences even when we tell you we're reading definitions like we are not like, here's a source like <laughs> we don't <laughs> claim to know no we don't know we just know yeah. us and we know what we've gone through and yeah. that there's the fine line of distinction between those two things and that people just being transparent about those mm-hmm. two different things. Just, I don't know if it ever actually was an established difference, but it's just so damn blurry these days. 
Yeah. That's why we were in the situation we're in in this country. But this is this is why like education exists. This is why yeah. science is a thing. Like this yeah. is we have these sources that are, you know, are factual information. <laughs> factual. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this is why I'm afraid when our like the upcoming generations are learning things from TikTok. TikTok and these directly marketed messages towards them. And then we wonder why everyone's on edge and constantly responds to each other the way that they do and when when we live in this like instant gratification of communication we live in this alexa series oh i'm not talking you're gonna um (laughs) yeah see you're gonna trigger one this like um this like upcoming ai worlds where everything's instant in communication in the superficial connection it's going to become that much more difficult if as that tower is building we're not also building the tower of actually taking boundaries into account and how do we communicate well and how do we deal with other humans and what other humans need if we're not yeah if we're not building those two things together the desire for the instant gratification and for everything to be comfortable and meeting your own needs is going to go higher. And the ability, like if people are responding badly now to me trying to set boundaries, like it's going to be impossible to do that in the future because everybody's going to take everything so personally. I don't like, why are we doing this? Like nothing's not everything's personal. I also don't know why, what was I, talking about i'm lost well you were just talking about the the gen like the dealing with the having to the debt that you have to give to people yes but then there was another filipino psychology thing that i was going to bring up but i can't remember what it was no you like started what you're saying you started talking about it and then never i don't think you got to it i didn't get to it because because what happened was I remember that TikTok, which should have bled yeah. into like me defining well, so what the what next was psychology. So there's in there's oh, you know why I got into a thing? Because Filipinos are going after this Filipino American. Okay, and, they're like, going after her you for can, being wrong in the definition. And you everyone can and anyone again, like f- this is a free fucking forum in our comments. Like you feel free to like correct me because I'm here to learn. Just like be civil about it. I don't care. Like you can call me stupid. But there's a concept, I think that's like the cornerstone of like Filipino psychology which is kapwa and that translates to your fellow person or community again um and like that is the basis of like many cultures outside of America I think I was just trying to relate this back to being American and it's still the collective right it's like you look out for the people that were within your community and then that then bleeds into like you not knowing boundaries again and then you know all this stuff so it's like if you if you talk to any like i'm just putting filipinos out there like that's why everyone so like can manipulate that because if like if you're not within if you're not if you're not helping out your couple your fellow person it's like what the hell are you doing but the like, definition that's missing from all of this is to be genuine about it mm-hmm. because which i am short like in the beginning that's what it is right. but then the manipulation like, you know being colonized this is where this is where we're too it takes a level of intelligence to understand how manipulation works Mm -hmm. but it doesn't take like it's like a really bad game of like mario because you can get to like in a in a in in the way that this would make sense is if you have to get you have to get really really emotionally intelligent to be able to understand how to use manipulation right like you should have to understand all of the other things that suck about being emotionally intelligent and aware to Mm -hmm. be able to access like you have manipulation as a tool now to fight yeah yeah but that's not the way it happens you start learning how to manipulate because your ego starts understanding how do I get all of those good endorphins about getting what I want really young? And in the world that we live in now, there are so many influences that support the development of the manipulative tool 
mm-hmm. emotionally. So it's like, mm-hmm. instead of like, I climbed the mountain and now I access manipulation to protect myself. Right. And like, I know how to do manipulate my way around things as needed. It's like, oh, I'm at the bottom of the mountain. And the first tool I learned how to use is I'm going to change the entire pathway up the mountain, <laughs> manipulate it to make me comfortable and happy. And that part is a flaw it's in also our genera- intelligent design. And it's also like, it then becomes generational. Like right. within your DNA at that point, because it's like, if, if this is how I learned, because my parents or grandparents did this and I'm going to just assume that's the way to live. And I, and that's not a good person. <laughs> right. And even though they we, think they're, they're good, even though they think that they're doing good, that's the thing. Yeah. And hence so much of the struggle that I experienced with the, I feel like yeah, a lot of good times. people. Yeah. A lot of good people will notice that the fake good people are doing this and they're and that's the struggle it's like and that's the I was talking to another really good friend one of my friends about what it's like so there I started going through this journey of understanding all of this when I think when we were like 16 17 where I started to look at the people around me and do an inventory right and go what is really happening here right and learning about the fact that I one of the generational traumas that have been going on is related to this. Yeah, and for sure. It created yeah. so much issue for me because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to. And I'm like angry. Like that's why I was like so angry, angry and aggressive about a lot of things is because I was dealing with so much of that and didn't understand why and didn't want to do it. And I had a really good friend of mine within the last year who it's one, it's hard enough to go through that when you're younger but to continue through your life and be an adult and then start yeah. to see it and to have all of that extra time of having to struggle through it. It's an extremely painful and extremely. And I mean, I started dealing with it then and I'm still fucking dealing with it now because yeah. I can only change myself. I can't change those people. But exactly. Yeah. It, it's extremely difficult to when you're older just period it's extremely Mm. difficult to to have and want to possess and develop all of those characteristics of a good person and have that be like your goal in self-development to want to live that way Mm -hmm. and then to not only live in a world that doesn't understand that or has manipulated the crap out of it but to live in, in like an inner circle of where you came from still having that yes and uh i think we both subconsciously have done have done inventories of the people that were around yeah as that's we why grow our friend up. lists are so much low <laughs> shorter than they yeah. used to be like hello exactly like we but we subconsciously or like unconsciously know that that's what we're doing is that yeah. I, it's like if you're not growing with me and you're still stuck being what we were at 18 i can't help you anymore and that, right? that's the hardest part Right, that's that's definitely the most that's the hardest part, part about any relationship yeah period especially yeah. ones that ones that like you think matter the most and or like, the ones that you get told matter the most right we talk yes, yeah we talk so much about family and the importance of family and like blood is thicker than water and all those like you know that's all those things so, that people like say. old school <laughs> yeah um and I truly understand that I, I, because, and I think like that matters so much because those are the people who raise you, right? Like that's, that's your experience with people from a young age. Like that's your first experience. And that does really matter. But again, it's, it's a manipulative way to make people do what you want and forcing people to have relationships. 100%, 100% that they don't want. That maybe aren't, maybe not even that they don't want, but maybe that, are a detriment to them a a, a thousand percent and it's again i think back to the traditions of human existence of like how important family has always been and like the roles that people would take in families right but it's the irony of our society now is that we talk about how like the roles in families are being broken constantly, right? Like we change mm-hmm. all of those stereotypes about what it means to be a mom or what it means to be a dad, what it yeah. means to be a son. Or like your daughter. chosen family. Yeah. 
what it means to be within those roles. We talk about how we're changing all of that, but then we're not truly changing or allowing space to change the role of the family itself, Mm -hmm. right? Like that you don't have to be that family. You don't have to be that, like, if, why are we still meeting like the 1950s family ideal when all of those parts of the puzzle, like we're still trying to make that puzzle, but we've changed every single piece we changed of everything. the puzzle to be different. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know culture, I know religion, I know so many other aspects play into that. And it's something that on a personal level, it's because it's been so well programmed into me. I think it's probably the biggest thing that I struggle with uh, yeah, now more than ever for sure. on yeah. a daily basis. It's the dismantling of like what you think a family is. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. and, and when you think about all of the different things that have influenced what we're supposed to think about, like it's yeah, yeah. bullshit. It really is bullshit. Yeah, and this is like I'm I'm like getting a little bit triggered because it's so like dude, so triggered. I mean, I know you are. I'm getting triggered because it's like what media has told us and like what religion and you know, everything from every like children's fucking book that you read when you're two to like all the movies that you watch that are out now. Right? It's like this is the still the core of what a family is and I'm just like but You why? know what the saddest part of it? is to is that it leads to when you're constantly battling that and every individual in your family is battling that and then you feel like you have to show up in a certain way to be like to like earn the title of somebody else calling you guys a family you set up this like facade of performance that becomes even more manipulative and confusing yeah. for those who are involved who are paying attention to what's going on um i'm yeah. not projecting my life at all in this <laughs> this, this moment but it it confuses things more and becomes more of a harmful thing because everyone is trying to make it seem like you meet you meet that mold and then you become ashamed of having to show the truth and oh yeah 100%. that that for someone like me who's done a lot of this um so and i'm open with sharing my story about this now um a because i've lived it and i've seen that talking about it is really helpful for me um and b Everyone's because different. I, yeah. Yeah. And B, because I know that I'm not the only person who's experiencing it. This is just like the way that I'm experiencing it is different. And I hope that like the more I talk about it, it makes other people kind of yeah, think of that course. it's okay to talk about it too. Um, yeah. You constantly struggle with all of these expectations versus reality. And I had mm-hmm. when I was speaking to Ren. So Ren's always been very open about their dysfunction within their family. And I mean, they wrote a book about it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and our friendship was always like my family would kind of be a sanctuary for them. And they, after talking about all of the like things that have been going on, they made a comment to me. Like, it's so funny. Cause I remember when we were kids, like I always thought like your family was like, that's what a family is supposed to be like. And yeah and I was just like I know like that and that's the problem like that's one of the problems right is like we were so good at that sure oh yeah my family too we're so good at that as a individual got so good at that that perform like I mean it didn't also help that I was in the performing arts but that performative (laughs) aspect that I didn't realize and not helping with the fact that I was doing and just like distracting myself by dealing with other people's problems and trying to help other people of course, as much yeah. as I it's was. It's an escapism at going that point. Back, yeah, going back to the, like, I need to be a good person because, like, I can't figure out what's going on with my own shit. Um, mm-hmm. Doing that, I didn't see how damning that was for me because I would isolate my life and what was going on in my actual experiences from everyone else. I think you were one of the only few people that really got to see like a lot of the shit that I would deal with 
in my household or like within my family because you were right there. So like when I was frustrated, I was, frustrated, like, I was just I, easily I, I, to your house physically just, across the street, blah, guys. All the yeah. stuff out, but I yeah, didn't I, realize yeah. until I started actually going to therapy that I like don't you know how to I couldn't it? I couldn't talk to people about it because I I was programmed that like you need to be performative like you can't don't let other people don't burden somebody else with your issues don't like don't let them see the cracks in your porcelain like that I couldn't oh, do 100%. that yeah I still struggle with that yeah it's so bad for you it really is and also I'm I'm also not opposed to telling my story on this obviously we have so many episodes but like that's a similar vein I feel like with my family, like everyone just knows, like the people that know my parents know how like how great of a people they are as individuals and like as a friend and as like people that like you can go to. And like as a family, then that just translates to like, oh, you have great family. Like great. Yeah. Like, er- me and my sister's very nice, obviously, to anyone that steps foot into our household. Like we, we were, you know, we were parented well. And like, your family was like the ideal of Mm-hmm. where everyone would want to gather right like that was yeah like we had big parties thing. again yeah. like it's like oh they're having a party across the street everyone's fucking invited like no one like you know so yeah when my family fell apart they're like how is that even possible you know and that's the other sorry keep going no it's okay and that and like even even to this day sometimes even though my parents still have rough patches as friends like obviously like with any relationship like a, even with best friends like you still have rough patches but even then, like, I knew, like, there were years where they fucking hated each other afterwards. And I was like, no, they're still friends. I'm like, who am I performing for? Like, it's already broken. But that's just, we're programmed to be like, no, everything is fine, even though shitty. And part <laughs> of it is, like, you're perfecting yourself from your own emotions about it. And then oh, you're protecting other people it, right? from, like, right. Yeah, yeah. The most frustrating thing is the idea that i don't know i literally lost what i was thinking about because i was listening to you so intently but (laughs) like it's oh so i've been having this conversation because i'm living and really understanding it when you when you go through like a certain level of shit like you really start to understand that you can't explain it to the people who are outsiders and then yeah you basically can't vice versa you start to realize that you really truly will never understand someone else's experience because you're not in it with them Mm -hmm. and no I like being an empath makes you understand the emotions of it which is almost really more dangerous because I've started noticing I've started noticing being extremely empathic that because my family is literally in a crisis right now Mm -hmm. the the emotions that I have for it because I've unpacked them and they're very strong. Mm-hmm. Even when somebody else tells me about something that's going on in their life, the the second that my empathy, like even strokes an emotion that I'm dealing with, like I immediately align everything that they're going through through everything that I'm going through. And that's not true. Like that's not how that works. No, but it is very, it's like and the it, instant reaction though. When yeah. You're and path. it becomes, it becomes super dangerous. Like my, my empathy has gone rogue right now. Yeah, yeah, but that's it, what happened to it, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. This is. These are all. These are all just examples of, of the following things. A <laughs> therapy is so important. Yeah, a hundred percent. B, understanding your emotions and fuck, fuck that. Understanding your emotional state, is so important. It's like. The way that you walk out to your car to drive your, like the way that you drive your car on a sunny day versus the way you drive your car in the middle of a snowstorm is different. Mm-hmm. The way that you function as a person on a sunny day when all's good in your head versus the way that you function in a shit storm is different. And if you don't have a good, like little weather detector up there telling you what the mental weather is in here, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. fucked because then you're going to start acting in ways that you don't even a, don't even have awareness of, and bigger, scarier thing, B, don't even realize there's something else going on that's making that happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't control yourself. Anything. And the only thing that you have control over in this whole world is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. But not not of people have that awareness, unfortunately. And, and that's I, why they're not good people. <laughs> I 100% agree with the aspects of 
like self-awareness, emotional intelligence, those are necessary characteristics of making you a good person. And it's extremely difficult to live, thrive, survive in a world where everyone is trained to manipulate somebody who's a good person. They just want that like. And it's harder to Mm -hmm. consistently stay a good person to yourself when you're in that world because you want to be that giver and don't want to make requests that are focused on you. Yeah. And I remember when my family was going through shit and we were in college. I didn't tell anyone. Nope. (laughs) I don't think I told you and it just kind of happened. Nope. Yeah. And like shit went to, you know. And I get, I get the safety of distancing yourself from people. Like I totally get that. Yeah. Isolation is just purely, if you're isolating yourself, you're repressed. I don't know if people know that. Like, like, like I'm going to tell you that because that's what I did. And that's what I did because it was just like the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Avoidance is the easiest path. Like uh, the denial, the most difficult journeys don't get taken because yeah. avoidance is the easiest choice right. to make. And and I say that because because then I would want to be that empath where it's like, oh, you're going through something? Let me help you because I don't want to do my shit. But like, I also <laughs> kind of tried to do that and then I realized mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to be helpful. Why am I bothering them? like Maria right now? Like, leave Maria alone. Right, right. But, um, but even so, right? Like, if you didn't know my situation at that point, but I was like, "Oh, how are you?" and you have a problem, I'm just gonna be like, "Okay, let's deal with your problem." Absolutely and normal. Not... That's yeah. That's 100%. how I am right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me just escape my issues. Are great. Yeah. The thing that I've learned, but too, it's unhealthy is that, people, <laughs> is that that needs a balance too. Because yeah, it can't all be just like let's distract me, let's distract me, let's like right. okay, let's talk about my problem too. Right. You can't constant sun exposure yeah gives you sunburn right is bad for you so constantly dealing with other people's crap versus dealing with your own is not good for you but constantly dealing with your own crap without having any type of like being in like your normal situation of helping other people or being with other people or being in literally just being in a relationship, right? Like that's what Mm -hmm. being in a relationship with anybody else, anybody would be like without having those balance of two things. Like you need to, you need to run the gamut between those two situations of getting sun and not getting sun. And then you also need to wear sunscreen, which is the boundaries (laughs) that you set to protect yourself. (laughs) Um, Also another like, uh, like a red flag thing, like a indicator that someone's a red flag is if they finally ask how you are and you spill your shit to them and they're just like not even like cognitively Nothing. there Nothing. forget it guys drop my, them i'm gonna tell you that right now you can drop them favorite my f- <laughs> that's how i so that would be my advice i'm gonna end this with my little bit of advice yeah for sure if you are somebody who has any type of history of influence of avoidance or carries any type of shame or guilt and has a difficulty trusting people. Um, I'm describing myself. Uh, (laughs) But if you, if you relate to any of the things that Maria and I have said today and you find yourself being more isolated, more avoiding of things that you're dealing with that are difficult a find a therapist because if it wasn't for if it wasn't for going to see and seek out a trained professional whose job it was to literally sit there and listen to me and they had no connection to my life at all otherwise or influence I never would have felt that it was safe at all to talk to anybody about what I was experiencing that's a that's a for sure b once you feel comfortable doing that with a trained professional it's probably not a good idea to to let yourself think that you can just go do that with anybody. This doesn't work that way. <laughs> that doesn't work. Dude, that doesn't so work that way. <laughs> you need to slowly start leaving breadcrumbs, like sharing a little bit, little things that you feel comfortable sharing with people who you trust, maybe who you actively trust. Correct. And 
and figure out who the people are that you can rely on, who will acknowledge you as you are, who will care for you and meet you where you are without judgment, without, without um, hooded judgments of like saying things that are actually their opinions about how bad things are or what you should do. Um, yeah. Instead of just like supporting you. Um Mm-hmm. And then over a long ass time of slowly doing that, I think, when did I start going to therapy? It's taken me, <laughs> it's taken me at least five years, if not mm-hmm. more than that, for me to feel comfortable with the fact that I'm just going to share my story and I don't give a shit what anybody has to say Yeah, for because sure. I know how much better it is for me when I do that. So that's my suggestion of how you handle that and be nice to yourself and let it take time and it's the hardest part about it is that you are going to find some of the people who you thought that you could share anything with and who would always be in support of you. You're going to learn are people that you don't tell things to. And it then becomes just a superficial, let's hang out, grab, you know, a couple and then you decide if you want to waste your time with those people or if you want to really stay and focus on the relationships that you have with the people who do meet you halfway and can actually be supportive. And I can say that, it has made my life feel more fulfilled and I feel more seen and acknowledged and confident in myself because I know that I have that. Yeah. It just makes it so much easier to live as a person. Once you know that people as a good person, when you're surrounded by other good people. So if that's your intention, that's my, I guess, um, advice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think homework is go take an inventory of the people around you and then go take go go pen, go to therapy, guys. Write them down and then take all of your notes to your therapist. <laughs> yeah, go to your therapist. If you don't have one, go find one. Um, because I think everyone should go to therapy. Oh, man. <laughs> good people. Good people go good to therapy. People. We know that if you listen to us, you're a good person mm-hmm. because you wouldn't want to give a shit about the stuff we talked about if you weren't a good person. So <laughs> Amen to the good people out there. And just because you're a good person doesn't mean that you're not allowed to take care of yourself. You have to be good to yourself before you can be good to others. Even if you're Filipino-American. Because <laughs> that whole cop thing. That's really fucks with your brains. <laughs> just dagger into your chest. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again. We're so happy to be back here with you. And we're always happy to have you with us if you're listening or watching. Because without, we would still be having these conversations, but having you here makes an extra special so thank you for listening and watching yeah thanks guys okay bye (laughs) 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 